0: Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Cell phones, sleepovers, video games, house rules, sports. These are all topics that can be very tricky in parenting, especially when it comes to navigating these issues with other parents. We are tackling these issues today and more with our guests and two local Kansas City moms, Marsha Roth and Chris Drummond. Before I introduce these ladies, uh, we want to give a special thank you to our episode sponsor, which is McDonald's. Our local McDonald's restaurants in the Kansas City Metro are supporting our schools with a Fries for School Supplies fundraiser. Stop by your local McDonald's August 22nd to 26th to purchase any size side of fries and 10% of the sale will go back to local schools. I want to introduce our guest today. Marsha Roth is a native Kansas Cityan. She's been married 17 years to her husband, who is a full-on Nebraska Cornhusker. She has two kids. Her son, Kellen, is 13, and her daughter, Rowan, is 11. She just finished her 18th year of teaching for Liberty Public Schools. And she added that she has been at war with a small bunny who's taken up residence in her garden and is enjoying the fruits of her labor. Uh, Marsha absolutely kills me. She has the best sense of humor. (laughs) Our other guest is Chris Drummond. She's been married almost 34 years. They have four kids, three girls and a boy. She's also a teacher, so she's taught 10 years in parochial schools, Then she spent two years as a children's ministry director, and then she went back to teaching in the public schools for Kansas City Public Schools and the Kaufman Charter, and she's now in her fourth year at Grandview School um, District at Martin City K-8. But most of her experience has been in 7th and 8th grade science, so bless her for that. And they're expecting their first granddaughter this year, so that's exciting. We're so appreciative to have these seasoned moms here with us to discuss these topics and give us some insight and wisdom when it comes to navigating these issues ourselves. Let's get started. Hi, Chris and Marsha. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. Of course, of course. I've been, um, Sarah knows I've been counting down the minutes for this interview for um, ever since we planned it, just because I need all, I need all of your answers to front load. I feel like I need like a notebook here to, to write it all down. I'm serious. These, some of this stuff we're going to cover is so overwhelming to me. So I'm really looking forward to (laughs) diving into some of it with people that are in the thick of it or have been through it. So we just appreciate uh, both of your times and both of you um, being here today. So, okay. So with that, how would both of you describe your parenting style compared to other parents and your close circles? Chris, you want to go first?
1: Yeah. Um, Ken and I kind of were more, uh, guides on the side. Um, Ooh, I like that. we, we gave them the background, um, our kids went to, um, parochial schools, um, went to, uh, single sex Catholic high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just really felt that they had been given the tools and we could guide them, but we really felt like they needed to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, when my oldest was ready to choose a college. Some of my friends were like, well, aren't you worried about that? And I said, no, she chose the right high school to go to. I, I have complete confidence that she'll choose the right college to go to. Yeah, And we just supported that decision. Yeah,
0: that's really good. Just trusting in your in your kid. And I feel like that can start, you know, as early as itty bitties with stuff. Exactly. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Marsha. how would you describe your parenting style compared to other friends or parents in your circles?
2: Um, we are... Funny construction workers, um, <laughs> we, put humor into everything. We mm-hmm. laugh with our children as much as possible, but, um, kind of like what Chris said, we feel that our job is to front load our kids with as many tools in their toolbox as can help them be successful human beings in life. Mm-hmm. And so as they've grown and gotten older, you know, they need new tools to navigate through things. Cause we're not going to high school and college with them. They need to be able to know how to do stuff on their own. So we're the funny construction workers, I think.
0: Yes, I love that. Have you have you ladies found parenting elementary or preteens harder because of the parents around you? Or do you feel support have you felt supported in your decisions? Or for Marcia for you, do you feel supported in your decisions right now?
2: Um yeah, we feel supported in our decisions, like, by our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents learned early on that we were – everything is funny and <laughs> that um, we're pretty hands-off. But our friends and stuff, I don't know. Man, Yeah, we don't – parenting isn't a one-size-fits-all. And so mm-hmm. for us, I mean – and I'm extremely insecure about so many things in life, but I, mm-hmm. being a mom wasn't one of them because it doesn't look the same for everybody anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we have friends that have made choices that we've made. We have friends that don't make choices that we make. Um, and it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that answers the question. No,
0: right. I, think, I think that's great. <laughs> I like almost like other people's support is, I don't want to say irrelevant, like a negative way, it, but you know, it's like, but, it yeah. doesn't, that's not something that. Right has been influential like having the support of others right our parents was the biggest thing yeah and i do think that's super
1: important yeah chris what about you looking back yes looking back back, um we again just kind of guided our kids um we had certain stops that you know for example uh, cell phones weren't as big a deal as they are now of course Mm -hmm. um and with Allie, our youngest, our um, her closest friends, we all came with an agreement that, okay, we are not giving in to giving them a cell phone until after eighth grade.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it's like they're not ready for it, you know. And then it was just funny that we agreed on that. But then we had parents who were very, very, very involved with their kids and pushing them into careers that they weren't suited for and we just kind of stepped back and let our kids find their way, find their passion, and mm-hmm. find what worked for them. Um, so it was just, it was kind of a combo with, you know, parenting. And and like Marcia said, it, it's not one size fits all. It's not, you know, the same for even in my four kids. It's not the same for number one as it is for number three. So mm, right. I think
3: Chris, that's a good point about like we're gonna get into some scenarios here in the episode about you know specific examples like cell phones mhm and I think that's where the support not maybe it's not support isn't the right word, but the kind of like mindedness of some yes. of the your kids' close friends can help yes. because we are just my oldest is'll we'll be eleven this summer and then I have a eight year old and for them, we're just starting to enter into the but they get to do it or all my friends yeah. get to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is challenging because sometimes, you know, we'll be in a group and they're talking about whatever it is. And it's like, mm, yeah. we yeah. don't do that. And it's okay for them to make other choices, but we don't. And then it gets a little bit, I think harder. Yeah. Um, so kind of to that point, do you think, you know, maybe even looking back and I think this could be formed early. Did you gravitate toward parents like at your school or community, you know, communities that you are in that did were more like-minded thinking, or do you think that that just naturally happens?
1: I I think that naturally happens. And what's ironic is, is that those parents are still the parents that we're the closest to now, even when the kids are grown, Yeah, Um, that our kids are still in, for example, best mate, you know, uh, Made of honors in their in their weddings, and you know doing stuff like that um, we we took the philosophy of once they've seen it, they can't unsee it, and so we were really careful with what you know what they were watching, what they were hearing, what they were listening to and on That same fact, if they went over to their friend's house, I knew that that was going to be the same kind of philosophy that those parents had. Yes, yeah, yeah. Marcia, what do you think um, about that? Just about our
2: very close friends, right now, were super close friends that we met or well, that we kind of grew up with it, um, before we had kids, and so we have. Each one of us, I mean, we are different um, income levels. We have different amounts of children. We. I mean, so the children and the similar parenting styles kind of came second Mm -hmm. because we were friends first and we're going to hang out with or without our kids anyway. Um, And so it was more about the understanding. Mm -hmm. So you may be like one of my best friends was, extremely and still is um you know the quote helicopter mom Mm -hmm. but i don't judge her for that and she doesn't judge my free-range parenting (laughs) um it doesn't matter and like our kids are friends and they just went to church camp together and they just came back and it's super cute because she's got the girl and i've got the boy and apparently they spent a lot of time together and everybody thinks they're in a relationship but they're not (laughs) um but it's it's adorable to watch them, but we didn't have similar parenting styles. And so, Mm -hmm. but we had an understanding that you're doing what works for you and your family and we're doing what works for us and our family. And so I think that level of mutual respect was something that we gravitate towards because they aren't people that are going to judge the decisions that we make. Mm -hmm. Um, And they know that you can do whatever you need to do and we're not going to judge the things that you do. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: I feel like, for me, I feel like the biggest shift I've noticed now, granted I'm on, you know, the, the earlier end of the spectrum, but before my kids were in school, it was me choosing, I'm hanging out with my friends and their kids. Yeah. So I really enjoy all these people. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then, oh, they have kids too now. So we all hang out yeah. now. the shift. now that my daughter's going into second grade is a lot of my friends are, her friend's parents or her, excuse her friend's moms. Yes. And what I've, what I've been navigating is, um, not necessarily everybody that I would have handpicked myself, not saying that's a bad thing, but just Mm -hmm. like, wow, I'm really different than you. (laughs) Again, not in a bad way. It's just totally different because she's doing more of the choosing now. And I am more now I don't know, trying to figure out, you know, how good of friends I want to be with these parents, or is this just, you know, I'll facilitate a friendship for my child. I don't know. It's the friendship thing with, um, friends, with friends, parents is very interesting. I think
2: we see that with sports a lot too. Like I'm literally sitting on bleachers with you for 10 hours. Yes. We're going to be friends. Yes. Um, But yeah, maybe not the people that I would have handpicked myself, but yeah. Sure, sure. Okay,
0: we're gonna hop into our hot topics. Are you ready? Oh yeah. Are you ready? All right, let's talk about cell phones. So kind of, again, kind of today we're talking about just things that all parents may do in different ways and how that makes things tricky for us, um, parenting our own kids. So we polled um some of our contributors and so one contributor said, we haven't given our kids phones yet. Our sixth graders' friends are getting phones using Snapchat and TikTok, and we just won't do it. So, what are your thoughts on cell phones?
3: (laughs) Answer the or how do you navigate? How do you navigate? I think it's more like kids getting left out. So, if all her friends, all her friends are on Snapchat and TikTok, and they talk about it, I'm sure they talk about it. You know, in their Mm -hmm. social settings, and her child is sitting there left out. Yeah. How do you? How have you navigated?
2: cell phones? Um, for us having about two middle schoolers, um, the cell phone was on a need to have basis. So I don't actually care what your friends do. That's none of my business. I'm not their parents, but yeah. you don't need to have a cell phone until you're about to be somewhere where I'm not. So mm-hmm. when Kellen went to sixth grade in the afternoon, his bus got home at two 15, no one is here. So that was when we got him a cell phone was because he needed it for safety purposes, um, which came in handy more than we thought it would. Um, My daughter goes to sixth grade and she thought that was the rule that you just got one in sixth grade. And we were like, oh yeah, sorry for you. Um, Your brother's still in eighth grade and you'll be on the same schedule. And she was like, oh, okay. Um, So she won't get one until next year because then once again, she will be the first one home in the afternoon. Um, So that was kind of how we did that. As far as the social media piece, mm. um, I, my very best friend still doesn't have Facebook. Uh, and so we've kind of had that joking conversation about boundaries. Like if you set the boundary of this, there's going to be some kind of action, whether it's positive or negative. So she always gets upset that she's left out of, well, I didn't know that that was the time that we were supposed to be there. And we're like, what well, was on mm-hmm. Facebook? Um, yeah. But that's your choice, and it's okay to set a boundary. You just Mm -hmm. have to make sure that you have tools to handle that choice, whether it's good or bad. So for social media, neither one of my kids has Facebook. Um, TikTok, it's because I love TikTok, you guys. I'm addicted, and I watch it all the time. (laughs) And so our rule has been that you can have an account, but I have to set up. The passwords and the passwords will never change. Um, so like my son recently asked if he could have Snapchat and I was like, This is stupid, but sure. Um and I also have to trust that in all of the years that we've done internet safety mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they're going to use those tools when something happens. And so he did. Some angry man ranted about a TikTok that he posted and the first thing he did was come and he was like, Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to this guy. And I was like, Thank you. Okay. Um, but that's kind of that's been our stance, right or wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. Chris, do you have any thoughts
0: on cell phones?
1: You know, I, we I we fortunately did not have problems with that. You mm-hmm. know, because the, that social media wasn't there. But being as an eighth grade teacher, holy moly, I see it oh, just yeah. crazy, yeah. and especially after these last two years of kids being isolated and not in school, um, and not supervised. You know, I mm-hmm. like more you know, I control the passwords and that type of thing. Um, I have a friend of mine who her daughter is a sophomore in high school and she sets a time limit for yeah. her. And I just think that that is, that's so wise because, you know, I have students that that's all they do is spend time on, the social media sites and that's not healthy either. No. Yeah.
2: Uh. I'm glad you brought up the teaching aspect though. I teach fourth grade and I have kids that have a nicer iPhone than I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where are you at where you wouldn't have to get a ride from an adult? Like, why do you have this? But, and they're Mm -hmm. all doing their TikTok dances and (laughs) I mean, it starts real young guys. Well, Uh it's crazy
1: you know, you, you, you try to impose the no phones in the classroom and, and that doesn't work in eighth grade. I mean, it just, it just doesn't. And then, you know, they go into the bathroom and they text their moms and then their moms show up in the office to take them home. And we're like, we didn't even know she was sick. You Uh know, she didn't come to Uh us. She didn't come to the, you know, Mm -hmm. so again, you're like, where are you going to be at during your school day? Now I understand on the bus after school, that type of thing. But in your school day, where where are you gonna be that we couldn't get a hold of your parents? So mm-hmm.
2: oh my gosh. Yeah. My daughter does have an iPad mini um that she can text off of. Um, she made a big deal about, you know, he, everybody gets home. Here are the things that we do. Um, I would like to be able to text my friends. And we felt like when she was responsible enough to ask us for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and presented some reasons why she wanted it. And it wasn't just, I feel left out and everybody does things without me. We were like, okay, sure. And we worked
3: with start the organization start. We did a podcast last year about it or earlier this year, I guess, January. Um, And we'll put a link to, they have a nice guide of kind of like graduating from each Mm -hmm. device level. So like our boys both have like T-Mobile watches yeah. So they can call or text mom or dad and that's it. Um which they That's where
2: we started too. Right.
3: So it's a nice yep. like test ground of do you have phone etiquette? Can you mm-hmm. handle it? Are you addicted? Mm-hmm. You know things like that and then when you're responsible maybe we'll move to the next step as needed. But yeah. 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 There are like I think it's nice to be able to not have to just jump from nothing to an iPhone to a cell phone. Yeah. yeah
0: it's I In our interview with, um, start earlier this year, she kind of used the analogy of, um, Mm -hmm. learning how to drive a car and how, if your cell phone's a car, you don't just hand the keys without any type of practice or gradual release. Um, and I thought that was such a good image. Um, just a mental image of gradually working your child into the responsibility of having a phone. So I like that. yeah.
1: Yeah. that is a good idea.
3: Yeah. Okay. So switching, to a completely different topic from one of our people. Um, kids are starting to have sleepovers, and our kids just aren't ready for that, and we're not comfortable with it. But this means they're often left out of plans or excluded from birthday parties, which I did not write this, but we are also <laughs> just now
2: entering this.
3: Uh-huh. Um, yep. And my daughter has been asking about sleepovers
0: since kindergarten, because that's been going on yeah. in kindergarten, first grade. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. What so do we do about
0: sleepovers guys? <laughs> talk to me, talk to me. And it's interesting because I think sleepovers is an interesting topic. Cause I remember I listened to a podcast at one point from, um, and I cannot remember the name of it, of course, but this, the speaker was from the standpoint of absolutely no sleepover. So there are families that are no sleepover families. There's people yeah. that are more, you know, do whatever you want sleepover. So I think this is kind of an interesting one. What are your thoughts on sleepovers
1: well i will say when the kids were growing up and and our rule was um we always did sleepovers on friday nights mm-hmm. and it was only with kids that i approved of they could not come and ask me in front of the the child yep mm-hmm. that was my mom's rule. if
3: i asked in front of the child it was a no
1: immediately oh, yeah. I love and that is, mm-hmm. and I've done that, I've done that cool i've done that a number of times, if they brought that child in front of me and asked me mm-hmm. if they could sleep over with them or if they could sleep at our house, it was a no. Immediately. And, you know, no. That's our same rule. Yeah. It only took once or twice, mm-hmm. you know, for that to happen. Uh-huh. Um, and then we, and the reason we chose Friday night was because, um, we felt that Sunday morning, because we did go between two churches, the Catholic church and, and, um, the Methodist church, Mm -hmm. um, we just didn't want to have to deal with all of that. You know what I mean? And so Sunday morning was our church morning. We, you know, we were at church as a family. And so that's why Friday night was our, our, um, our deal. And, um, they were not allowed to go to a parent's, to a child's house until I'd met the parents Mm -hmm. and had spent some time with the parents. And, um, just simply because I wanted to see what was going on in their house. Yeah. So that's good. Especially middle school, high school. If the, I definitely, and my kids know that I did this, I picked up the phone and I called the parent and said, Hey, did you know that you were having a sleepover at your house this weekend? And there were several times that there was like, no, I didn't know that.
2: You know, <laughs> I have had a mom do that to me when we were out of town. And I was like, yeah, I had no idea. And she was yes. like, well, I'm glad I text you. And I was like, thank you.
3: Uh-huh, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And
0: I also think that speaks to the importance of just being in communication.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think Your this kind of goes back to our original, you know, conversation of, when I if I were to send my kid which I don't right now to a sleepover I'm a little out of the control of the rules yeah um so if there are you know video games or movies or you know we've even had play dates when um my eight-year-old came home and started talking about hot girl summer song oh
1: boy
3: yes and like the edited version versus then I was like I'm sorry what (laughs) Those are just things we're going to have to navigate in life. And that's just life. And it's good for us to have those conversations. Yes. But so much can happen. Yes. When, you know, especially if the kids have devices or, you know, they're Mm -hmm. just so much. And we start Mm -hmm. talks about the same thing of Mm -hmm. they had, I mean, this horribly sad thing about, you know, porn and Mm -hmm. all sorts, you know, going down that path Mm -hmm. of what happens in those situations and that often, you know, sleepovers are a very, uh, tempting situation, I think.
2: Yeah. We started, um, my daughter was, well, she was in kindergarten and she like desperately wanted to spend the night somewhere. Yes. We actually yeah. started with Same. one of our good friends. Okay. Um, cause she yeah. had a daughter, her daughter was a couple years older. She's Kellen's, at my son's age, but, um, when you're little, it doesn't matter. And the first couple times that she slept over there, it was all about, you know, sleepover etiquette. But -hmm. I knew that she was in a safe place that Mm -hmm. I would get phone calls and like pictures. And she did a wonderful job of capturing this first sleepover. But like (laughs) when you sleep over at a friend's house, you have to wear underwear at night. Like Uh (laughs) just little things that you don't think about. Yes. Um, Like your nightgown with no underwear is probably not the best idea. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you handle it when they serve food that you don't like? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you do when you're the first person up in the morning? What do you do at night? If you see, we're construction workers again in our toolbox. What do you do at night? um, If you decided I really don't want to be here anymore. Like how do you go about contacting us or waking up a parent? Um, and I've actually had students, parents email me before and just say, yes or no, I don't need any extra information. If it were your child, would you let them spend the night at this particular house? Oh, um, and that's happened more than Ooh, yeah. I can tell. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's a perfectly wonderful family. And sometimes the answer is immediately no, but um is it okay resource. but is
0: it is it bad in my like your helicopter parent friend and that if I have to ask the teacher that question it's an automatic no? Like if I don't already know if but, that's a good situation for my kid. I don't know. Sometimes you just don't know the parents. I mean I don't I know but then I feel like that's a reason to not let your kid spend the night. And that might be.
2: I don't I think it's oh, your perspective on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, you okay. may know the yeah. parents socially but not what goes on at their house. Also true. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you might know them like sitting with them at a game or sitting with uh-huh. them at a good PT point. meeting or whatever.
0: That's really good. Yeah. And teachers yeah. definitely get some Intel there for sure, which is very valuable.
1: Marsha, okay. I have that. I have that same thing in eighth grade. That's awesome. I
2: would not have guessed that. That's,
0: really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Moving on here. Resolving conflict. So, uh, one of the blurbs we got here was, it says I have a difficult time navigating how other parents choose to resolve conflict or not resolve it at all because between the kids, when you overhear kids deliberately being mean or leaving others out, I like to intervene, but other parents are adamant about kids working it out themselves. So how do you navigate when there's conflict between kids with other parents, all I can think about is middle school. It's <laughs> like all I can think of. I'm like that was like my middle My middle school experience was conflict. We hashed it out on AIM. <laughs> it was really healthy. And then did you print it off and save all those? I did print like, them. I, did oh, print them. I actually, this. Re- oh, this is really embarrassing. I actually recently just recycled a bunch of those. <laughs> That's
1: fantastic. Like, why did I print those and use color? Okay, continue. <laughs> you know, we had a problem um, when one of our children was in um, middle school that there was some negative things that a boy was saying towards her. And um, we called the parent. I mean, Ken was, and this, and this is a touchy situation because I was, I was their teacher too. I taught both of my younger kids in seventh and eighth grade at St. Thomas More, And so we, we, ha- we called the parent, Ken called the parent and, and the dad and the son came over and Ken and Andy, and I mean, they hashed it out, man. It was, it was very, it was, it was good. It was a good thing. Um, I was proud of him for stepping in and doing that because that was, that was an area where I couldn't, you can't differentiate between the educator and the parent at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Jeez. And so he had to step in and, and, and do that for us. But normally, you know, I talk to my kids and say, Hey, you know what, what would, you know, what do you think we should do about this? How should we handle this? This isn't right. What should we do? They're not always going to be your best friend, but they have, you have to be kind to them. Mm-hmm. So let's figure out how we can make that work. Yeah. Now the other parents, you know, may not have gone that route and that's okay. That's their parenting style. But I always said to my kids, you don't have to be your best friend, but they, d- you do have to be kind to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Marsha, any thoughts on that? Um,
2: okay. So I'm huge into conscious discipline. Mm, Um, Literally just Google it and you have a wealth of resources. Um, I have been trained and have been a a trainer, but I didn't look at that question from like the, the older perspective. I looked at it from like the little elementary school perspective, which Mm -hmm. is good too. Um, And it's one of my biggest pet peeves when, parents step in, Mm -hmm. in the middle of arguments, because my job as construction worker is to make Mm -hmm. sure that when my kids get older, that they understand how to handle conflict, because I don't want my daughter trapped in an abusive relationship waiting for me to come in and save her. Like you have to have the tools to get yourself out and you need to know. Um, and so for me, it's more of the listening and the questioning. So when she gets off the bus, you know, in the evening and was telling me all of the things about all of the people, um, it would be like, Oh, do you want my help in this situation Mm -hmm. or do you, do you have this under control? Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, well, I think I have it under control. I was like, okay, do you want some suggestions on how maybe I would solve it if I were in your place? Or do you have suggestions that you want to run by me? Mm -hmm. Um, because they have to learn how to, how to fight and how to argue and how to walk away and how to resolve. And they can't do that if I'm constantly stepping in. But conscious discipline also tells you that kids don't have inner voice Mm -hmm. um, and we have to be their inner voice. And so like when you have a toddler and you're like, oh, we're putting on your shoes to go outside, like we're helping with their inner voice. Mm -hmm. And then at like four, we just automatically stop doing that for them because we think, oh, that's what you do with babies. But you still need to do it with your kids. And, oh, it sounds like this friend doesn't know how to. X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z. Um, Is that the kind of friend that you think that you are to them? No, I'm not that friend or, Oh, she admitted, you know, yeah, sometimes I am a brat. Sometimes I just want things my own way. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, and there've been several times where she's like, no, I need your help. Yes. I need you to talk to the teacher. I'm like, great. Do you want to be there with me? Do you want me to set up a conference or do you just want me to email her? I think you need to call her mom. This has gone beyond what an email would do. Okay, great. Do you want me to include your name? Do you want me to let her know? Like giving them a lot of that power over how they're even solving the problem, I think is huge too. So. I think that's really good. I feel like I've always heard the,
0: you know, asking your child, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help you solve the problem? Yeah. You know, You okay. no, been for- actually a lot. I just need you to listen. I don't need you to help me solve this. But I think it's true for kids too. It's really good. Thank you guys. Those are those are such great um that's great feedback.
3: Okay, so switching probably to an older kid. Um Or maybe not. Or maybe not. I don't know. Okay, sports. We had different this scenario came up several times in our discussion with our group so the sports team we've been on for years is breaking up many of the families are trying out for competitive leagues which means more practices more weekend tournaments etc others are more comfortable keeping the competition and the time commitment low key ultimately each family has to decide what's best for them but it's hard on the kids Hmm. i assume you know being left out and we were navigating this with my 11 year old of Mm-hmm. this kind of this a similar scenario is happening and he's not ready for competitive but he's really sad to see the team breaking up and um it does get a little a little political <laughs>
2: yeah. it's cut throat man yes yeah. we could do a whole oh, episode oh, yeah, on, on just
3: sports you sports, right? you sports. Yep. yeah yeah uh, and marsh i know well, you're pretty involved in your kids are involved in sports. So how have you, have you had this scenario on either side of the line?
2: Um, yeah. It, my husband always goes back to like, Lorenzo Kane didn't pick up baseball till high school. So yes. we have to, we have to let this go that I you have to be in, in my house. <gasps> yeah. Um, and he's like, you're either. Like, oh, he was beautiful. He played for
0: the Royals. <laughs> Oh, he plays She's for the Royals? Oh, she did. She did. Oh, oh, he did. You can be quiet for this part. <laughs> I, know. I would just I will just sit back and listen. I would prefer my kids not be involved in sports at all. So I will just listen.
2: Um, you're also either athletic or you're not. And mm-hmm. you have to stop projecting your either failures or successes in your youth onto your children. So pick the sports <laughs> schedule that works for you. Like. Yeah we are not a traveling team because we don't want to pay for that. That's ridiculous in -hmm. our opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. we, I like spending time with my kids. Um, like Rowan just bumped up in hours at the gym. Um, she's a gymnast and so she's gone 10 hours a week and we're like, we really like you. You're kind of cool. We'd like to hang out with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but our thing was, you can do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, but we will never fight you to go to practice. So if mm-hmm. I have to fight you to go to practice, I'm no longer paying for the sport. Mm-hmm. And in the 11 years that they've all been involved in sports, um, Rowan switched teams in gymnastics and it started to be a battle. And the third practice, I said, we need to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and we had a conversation. She's like, mom, it's not fun. Like they are so rigid. Like we don't have any fun. We don't laugh. And so she was able to bump to a different level, um, where she is thriving, but no, we're never going to fight you to go to practice. So if that's the case, then I don't need to pay for your sport anymore. How and
0: you guys, how did you guys navigate that when your kids were little, like, you know, they're doing soccer and they don't want to go. Is that like, do you feel like that's an immediate sign of like your child's not ready for the sport or do you feel like, Oh, we just need to like push through. say try something new. Like, where's the line?
2: Um, that's the way that we felt about it. If they yeah, didn't want to no, go, I think
0: that's, I know. I think that's
2: great. They don't like want to do it because if you really like it, you are wanting to practice. You're wanting to get better. I mean, like let's go in the backyard and practice some more. I mean, like Rowan is downstairs flipping as we speak and mm-hmm. she's got a four hour practice tonight. So yeah, no, that's great. Chris,
0: what
1: do yeah. you you have any thoughts on sports? I have a ton of them. (laughs) Please share. Seriously. (laughs) Because um, we've spent a lot of time at baseball fields and softball fields. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't give that up in a moment. Um, I was uh, coaching um, softball, coached at St. Teresa's for a while. But it's not the be all end all. Um, Are any of my kids playing with Lorenzo Cain? Absolutely not. (laughs) Are any of my kids going to be, you know, what? No, they're not. Or or Salvi or anybody like that. Absolutely not. Um, Ken and I reflect back on that now. Um, There was a lot of times that our family was dictated by a tournament director's whim. Yep. And now that we look back on that, we wished that in the heat of things that we wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, did my kids love it? Um, three of them did. One of them did not. So she was my concession stand queen. She knew where the best concession stands were in yeah, the fantastic. city. Um, you know, they had some friends from their teams that they just, love and are still in contact with and would i give that up no what i miss from coaching is is the kids is my friends with the kids um i was a no drama um coach you know if you bring drama on my team i'm sorry i'm gonna ask you to leave Uh uh, kind of thing and and that included parents Uh that included parents um i there were several parents that i had to ask to leave um so But again, I would go back to, gosh, I just, I wish that we had done more things, not focused around a tournament director's win.
3: And Chris, I think it's interesting, like we're just on the cusp of four kids and a kid who, know, my oldest is just now. We're just now faced with some of this stuff. I can't believe he's
1: that old. I know, right? (laughs) Chris knew
3: my kids when they were babies. Um, (laughs) I'll bring you another baby soon. Uh, (laughs) But um, I think as we're navigating decisions about where we play, how much we play, how much my husband coaches, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's also like a family dynamics thing of, you know, your friend, you know, George. He can do this because he has one or two kids in this family. Yes. But when we're making this decision, it's like, well, does my, yeah, sure. You could go be on a more competitive team or take up your weekends and, you know, succumb to a tournament director's whim, Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. involves, that affects three other kids, Exactly, what they get to do and what they're spending their time with. And Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's really hard to.
1: For a kid to
3: understand, like, George can do this, but our family can't because, sorry, we had a lot of babies.
1: (laughs) Well, Sarah, you know what? And the thing about it is is I did not realize how much one of my children just detested the sport. Mm -hmm. And because of being made to go and sit at all of her brother and sister's games. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that until they were adults. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad that I yeah, didn't realize that. Yeah. Can I also so, say too that
2: we're discovering us with our adult friendships as well, that when we are waiting and it's we have tentative plans for the weekend, but it's Wednesday and we still haven't heard about our tournament schedule, that it's hard for non-sports parents to understand yes. the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so, cause it, I mean, it's a lifestyle, um, yeah. Yeah. and for people who like to be in control of their schedule all the time, you literally can't do that. Uh, and That's so really even the main sort of, reason
3: why we don't do competitive, sports. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, me too, that, that does doesn't like, work with my Google <laughs> I, calendar.
0: I'm like, I refuse <laughs> to have our life dictated by this stuff. And I'm sure people, yeah. you know, that are in yeah. it are like, well, you just wait, but I just like, I just can't deal with it. Having a four and seven-year-old in soccer at the same time about put me over the edge. (laughs) I mean, that's wreck soccer. I was like, I can't handle this. I can't handle the two practices. I can't handle the two games. So it was not Uh, a good indicator of the future.
1: Well, I will say that even though we're on the other side of it, um, none of my kids played competitively in high school. Uh, they did play, um, our son did not play at Rockhurst. You know, there's a bazillion boys. I think he went to the freshman tryout and there were 24 positions and there were 85 boys there, you no. know, so, you know, I mean, but he continued to play rec ball and as a 30 year old, he continues to play softball and mm-hmm. he's playing um, softball with boys that he went to grade school with that's and cool. he's and having a blast, so. mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 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 it was really kind of a relief when we got into high school and they stopped playing the wreck. I mean, stopped playing the um, competitive and just played at the school and we were able to the schools that the kids went to, they were still able to play at a competitive league, you know, Lee uh, level, but you know, it was great. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was nice not to be at the mercy okay. of, of somebody else planning our weekends. Ugh. But man, watching your kid out there, there's, uh, there's nothing, nothing better. better. Nothing better. Nothing better. I, I would go back and sit and watch for my son to play two hours of baseball. I'd, I'd give mm-hmm. it again. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Mm. And listen, the accessories are fantastic.
2: I love my wagon. <laughs> <laughs> And those concessions, I hear.
1: That I mean, let me tell where... you, let me put you into contact with my one kid who knows them all. She'll be <laughs> she's all good. the spots.
0: Maybe we can add uh, yeah. that as one of our guides,
1: <laughs> yeah. City yeah, Mom so Collective awesome. Guide to the
0: Best Concession Stands in the Metro, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. with a guest, with a guest contributor. Yes. Okay, we're gonna completely switch, and this one like literally gives me um, I don't know, hives, <laughs> a tremor, and I don't know something. Okay, video games. And and movies technically
3: the scenario we got was related to Fortnite, but in deciding not to play or play, um, but it applies to movies. And I'm curious, Chris, your thoughts on it, especially since you, you're un you can't unsee things. Yes.
1: Yeah. You can't unsee things. You you can't unhear things. And, um, my kids are, are close enough in age. Um, the oldest was six when the little one was born and, um, and funny? I refer to it as the little one now. Um, the, the youngest was born. And um, when when the oldest two got to be, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, um, the rule was if you knew it was something that if I walked in and the little girls were watching it and you knew I was going to have a cow over that, you'd better turn that before I turn it for you. Mm-hmm. And and the and the the consequence was they would lose privileges at that point, mm-hmm. just because I couldn't be in control all the time of them watching the older things that they 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 were ready to watch, but my younger kids weren't. Yeah, you know that's a good thing. So, too.
0: Younger siblings.
1: I had to, I just had to put that rule into effect. And there were many times where I heard conversations between the kids going, no, mom wouldn't let the girls watch this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was again, that guide on the side, helping them, you know, to know what was appropriate and, and making, and having them know what the good choices were. So Chris kind of our theme for the
3: episode of, you know, what other people choose too so i have a memory of my mom in middle school like i was a strict house i guess looking back mm-hmm. um but she like i had friends going to probably an r movie um mm-hmm. and the, the rule was you know you go when you're 13 you can go to pg-13 when you're mm-hmm. it's r you can go when you're 17 or whatever it is mm-hmm. um like and, following actual rules yeah like the rules <laughs> yeah sarah and i are both very role-oriented people <laughs> I mean, maybe it's why I am the way I am. I know, it's true. Um, But, you know, I had friends that would go to our movies and I'd be invited and she would say, no, you know, you're not allowed to go to our movies because you're 13. But uh, talking to her just last week about a similar, not quite that scenario, but in my own kids. And she said, I remember how like my stomach hurt do making that decision and having to like deny you. And the friends, mm-hmm. you know, went anyway, which they're allowed to their parents. It's fine. Right. But how did you handle stuff like that? Or maybe it's not happening in your living room, but they're invited um, or they're out of sleepover. It
1: was it was the same way, Sarah. It was they knew what they were allowed to watch. They knew what they were allowed to see. If I knew the movie, because obviously, you know, I'm at 13, you're driving them. You know, parents are picking up all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I just wouldn't allow it. I mean, Ken and I would look at each other and we would read the um, reviews on different websites. And um, yes, they were more conservative websites. And, you know, I mean, yeah, we were real followers too. But, you know, if, if there was something in it, I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys can't go see that, yeah. you know, until I went and saw it or until I saw right what was in it. Yeah. You it's know, I common sense I,
3: media. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. A, that's what we use. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah, and that's what we used to. And you know, until I was able to um, do that, and they do um, common sense media is great for books and movies yes. and all different kinds of things. And does so, does common sense
0: media cover video games? Yes, or like Fortnite? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. awesome.
3: And they will tell you the exact scene. So we'll see something mm-hmm. that's eight plus. But you know they say like words that we're okay with, or we'll say you know it says the word damn one time, mm-hmm. and then we're right. like okay, well we're okay with that. But yeah, yeah,
1: I like I mean, the specificity it.
3: Yeah. of it. Yeah, that's really
0: helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I like. Um, and so and that's what we used when the kids were growing up. So now that being works. at a friend's house for sleepovers. You know, I would give them the guidelines and I, would, you know, they, I would chat with the parents and say, Hey, we really, I heard that this movie was going to be shown. I really am not comfortable with, um, the child watching this. And normally the parent was like, okay, well we can watch something something different. Mm -hmm.
3: I think that takes a lot of confidence as a parent. Yes. To be able to kind of put yourself out there and say, you know. We don't do this. Yeah. And I, sometimes
0: I feel like I, I, I worry about coming off as like holier than thou of like, well, we don't, you know, I don't know. But in reality, yeah. I'm like, don't show my kid, you know, this or that. Like, I don't know. I also think about like the long-term effects that this stuff has. I went to a birthday party in fourth grade. It was a sleepover. It was a scary movie party. Oh, uh huh. you guys this mom put on the movie scream and I literally did not sleep for a very long time. I locked my doors forever. My parents did not know why, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like it mm-hmm. affected me deeply for a very, very long time. And so I think a lot of it is just, um, and again, not projecting, but thinking about my own experiences. Okay. How can I <laughs> not have my nine-year-old watch scream?
1: So Megan, I want I want to put this out there. Yes, I did say all that and yes I said <laughs> my please don't show this. That doesn't mean that my kids didn't go and watch it. Right. <laughs> oh, I know, <laughs> right. I know, I know. As as adults sitting around our dining room table listening yes. to what they really did. Yes. I only feel better that I said it and I'm like, you know, I I said it. You <laughs> know.
0: Yeah. You gave it your best.
1: I
3: did. So <laughs> How about you, Marsha? I'm sure you've navigated video
0: games. Like talk about video games. Talk about like all this
2: stuff. We have a very unpopular opinion. Um, I want to hear it. I'll probably agree with you. uh, um, My first question is uh, to the parent. I mean, like what is the reason not to and have you played the video game? Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: Because my, Understanding of several video games was that it was just shoot 'em up violence, and yeah. Phil was like, That is 100% not what it is. Um, and there's also a difference between comic book violence and like Game of Thrones disembowelment, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I think sometimes we often just assume that it's Game of Thrones violence when it's not. Um, so our rule was always, if if dad plays it and says it's okay, mm-hmm. um, you can play it. So even as an adult, he refuses to play Grand Theft Auto because it's disgusting. Um, and he's like, not even just for the violence, but for the gratuitous violence against women. He's like, yes, it's, yeah. it's gross. Um, he's like, but Call of Duty, I mean, maybe there might be a little red splash. But other than that, it's a strategy game. Fortnite is a strategy game, and it's comic book violence. You, you get quote, shot, and then you fall over. Um, right. And I've now watched enough Fortnite to poke my eyes out. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, That's what we did. My husband played Fortnite, yeah. and then yeah. we let our oldest start yeah. playing a little bit, but then our youngest played and we saw some behaviors uh, after yeah. playing, and then we are like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Just You're kidding. not ready.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, the headphones for the gaming were an immediately know until I think he was 11.
3: Um,
2: and his friends then with their phones or their iPads just FaceTime each other and play that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and we let him listen. Like, I mean, we let him put the headphones on and he was like, Oh my gosh, like, Can you believe the things that they're saying? And we're like, yeah, I can. Um, And so even now at 13, he prefers to play without headphones because it's annoying to him. Like He's like, I just want to play the game. I don't want to listen to you scream and cuss and yell. Mm -hmm. Um, And the age range is on there too. I mean, you have eight-year-old kids all the way up to 50-year-old men that are on there screaming at each other. So headphones for sure.
0: Oh my gosh, she goes, I need a brown paper bag Um, to breathe into. I'm not (laughs) kidding, this stuff. (laughs) Well, and I I was in a conversation with a group of moms about Fortnite games, that kind of thing. And I was taking the stance. And again, full disclosure, we are not at that point. But I was like, I'm just not okay with certain things. Like my kid's not going to play certain things. And a mom was like, oh, well, you will when your kid's the only one being left out. And I'm like... You want to try me check back in in five years and see if I've changed my mind. Like that makes me mad. Like I'm okay. Is it okay to be okay with your kid being left out? Like, is that wrong?
3: I think it's or do easier need to
0: give more. I
3: think it's easier to say it, but then when, I mean, we've had situations where they're all yeah. leaving baseball or all leaving even my house to go all get online so they can play together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it kind of Marcia's thing comes in of why Mm -hmm. are you saying no?
2: Yeah. Is it just something you've like
3: resolved to do when your kid was Mm. five and now you're like, "Uh, that's really good. Like my prejudice against Fortnite came when I actually taught vacation Bible school and there were (sighs) kindergartners doing the loser dance. And I was like, I'm sorry, (laughs) what's happening. But then when we actually played it, when our kid was 10, then it was like, okay,
2: we can change our mind too. Yeah. That's good from that teacher perspective, watching them like on rainy days when they're all stuck inside somewhere, the collaboration and the strategy and the perseverance and the battle plan. And like, I get goosebumps watching them all sit there (laughs) like dorks (laughs) playing their video game because it's, it's not just, I'm going to shoot and kill you. There's so much that goes into Mm -hmm. that. And like, I came home one day and there were eight children in my house, all in different rooms, all on a device but like shouting at each other, like you have to go to the left, like the yeah. teamwork that was happening in that, and I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. it's no, real that's, cool. That's, that's helpful to hear,
0: like a positive, you know,
3: yeah. a well, positive yeah. side. And we've done. I mean, my boy's still Minecraft, which is so oh yeah tame, yep. but like we still kind of watch just screens in general of like okay we've learned two hours is too much. Like mm-hmm. then exactly. we're fighting and being rude all day. So mm-hmm. then we'll try one hour or we'll try two hours every other day and we'll just kind of play around with it and see like mm-hmm. how much can you handle mm-hmm. and what do we, what are the effects of it? And I'm going to adjust my strategy and I explain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can't <laughs> handle this <laughs> Yeah. because here's what I see when you stop playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then we give them another, and, and It's, it's just that, like the boundaries, the construction worker. You're like building the yeah. scaffolding of like, yeah. mm-hmm. here's how to judge what your body can handle and not handle.
2: But That's that inner voice though, Sarah. That's, yeah, that's the, this true. is what you look like when you're done playing. And they may be like, I had no idea. Right. Yeah.
3: You're, you're kind of ugly when you stop this.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So the movies, you guys yeah. We let our kids watch a lot of stuff because I grew up in a house with a marriage and family child psychologist. Okay. And so I was the person that in fourth grade I watched Pretty Woman with my mother so that she could tell me being a prostitute doesn't look like this. Um, and, I mean, literally, we stopped and we talked about all the things and it was like super uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't even want to watch this movie, mom. is gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I don't want to strategy. be a prostitute. <laughs> that was not my, yeah, yeah. what I want to be when I grow up. Um, but being then the adult and like listening to our kids and like watching the movies with them, I think we were, Rowan was six when Phil was like, I can't do another animated movie. And we were like, yes, okay, we'll do live action stuff. And then it was like throwback to the 80s And those movies are not rated appropriately. No. Um, and (laughs) so we ran into a lot of situations where, um, he would get up and leave the room and I was left to explain, you know, in the Goonies, why he's tilting the mirror down to look up her skirt. And I was like, awesome. Um, this is fun for everyone, but our conversations then evolved into how do we treat women how how should a date what should a date look like um, <laughs> never run upstairs if someone's chasing after you I don't know um, <laughs> so we're good with like the violence a lot but the sexy time stuff is still a little unnerving especially now that they laugh at some of the jokes that we're like oh no he knows what that means um, <laughs> but I would rather them watch it with me Yes. Then like you guys have said, like you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And I would rather you see it than with me so that you can ask questions in a safe environment and get an accurate answer. Yes. Because at, I think nine, she came home and was like, I learned what you do after a date. And I was like, (laughs) what are you talking about? And someone's (laughs) older siblings had, had told them what you do after a date. And I was like, sweet baby Jesus. That's not what you do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> and then she was like talking about dates to McDonald's. And I was like, well, you sure don't do that after McDonald's. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we just had to, oh,
1: I wanted to so be the cool. person that
2: had these conversations. And so now she's 11 and we watch like Bachelor in Paradise together oh. because it's so stupid. And she's like, wasn't that boy kissing that other girl? I would never want to date a boy that does that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: Okay. Friends, we could talk all day in closing question for each of you, Marsha, what is something that is helping you now as you're in the thick of raising kids at the ages that yours are 11 and 13, correct?
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Um,
2: I think one of the biggest things that has helped us along the way is, um, allowing our kids to make mistakes Mm. without punishment and acknowledging our mistakes that we've made along the way as well. Um, I want them to, in a safe, somewhat controlled environment, be able to fail and be able to then learn from that failure, pull out the right tool from that failure without the risk of you're grounded for life and you'll, we're taking away your, I mean, Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to lie to cover stuff up. Yes. I want them to be able to admit those mistakes. Um, So, and then our, our gaming, um, we don't have family dinner because we play sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we play some type of game even now, uh, at least five times a week without that being an exaggeration. Most of the time it's once a day, we play some kind of game because there are so many life lessons, board games, right? Board games, card games. I mean, spoons, spoons we will kill someone <laughs> over some spoons and Marsha um, has some great blog posts about some of the
3: activities oh she does yes oh um my
2: gosh. we we're pretty violent um taco cat goat cheese pizza <laughs> oh we've i taken love talking fingers cat. Yes. there's been bleeding bruising um, cuts oh yeah. that's a bad game they will start to talk about like their day a whole lot more when they aren't like staring at you because they're mm-hmm. focused on like the game, but we can ask leading questions mm-hmm. and we get more out of them that way. It's like play um, therapy. It is. And it's, <laughs> that's what my mom called it. Yeah. Um, seriously, It is exactly play therapy. Um, and just then the life lessons, like, Oh, she shuts down when she's about to lose. We should probably work on that and teach her some strategies for it's okay to lose sometimes,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: um, mm-hmm. how to be a humble winner. Um, There's just so many things that you can get out of your kids, but that was our mistakes and our games. That's what we've really grown to learn has been like the key to our parenting. That's
0: awesome. Chris, do you have any words of wisdom for us now that you're on the other side? So like looking Um, back, okay. So words of wisdom for us and looking back, anything you would change. So kind of a two part.
1: Yeah, words of wisdom. Um, I this is so funny. I have a table that I'm sitting at right now. I've always, always wanted a huge dining room table, and I wanted everybody to be able to sit around it. And mm-hmm. now that we're adding significant others, and we're getting ready to add this new grandbaby, and mm-hmm. you know, we have my little sister and her husband and kids and everything. Um, Ken found a dining room table for me at Restore. That literally will sit 14 people. And it's me, it just makes my heart so happy to have everybody around one table. And we try to make sure that we have a family dinner and, and not everybody is there all the time or whatever, but it's a standing kind of a standing dinner at least twice a month on Sunday evenings. Um, Sometimes, you know, my youngest is at church until seven and so this is later than normal, but um, we're having uh, one of the kids' parties this weekend for their birthdays. I still make a big deal out of everybody's birthdays, um, you know, and we just, I just enjoy having my kids around me. Um, I, I did as a, when they were growing up and I even more so now that they're adults and they're funny as heck. Sarah knows a couple of my kids, and they are—they are very funny. Um, They were the kids that were dancing on the tables when they were little at St. Thomas More, and we're like, "Whose kids are those?" (laughs) those (laughs) Better go get them. But um, you know, just what I would do differently growing up is more of that. I would do more of my family time. I would do more because it goes so fast. Mm -hmm. And um, I love Marsha's idea of the, you know, the games and all that kind of stuff. The kids love playing games, even as adults. We all just went to Dallas together, all 10 of us, and stayed in the same Airbnb down there um, for graduation in May. And that's what we were doing one night. We just sat around and we played games all evening long. It was so much fun. That's so fun.
0: That's
2: Uh, the wisdom. Yes.
0: I love it. Thank you guys both so, so, so much. I feel like we covered about 1% of what I would prefer to (laughs) do.
3: We scratched the surface. We'll we'll be sending you follow up emails. (laughs) Yes. Seriously,
0: though, um, we just appreciate both of you so much and all your wisdom that you have
1: to share. Well, just remember to do what's right for you and your family and your kids. Yeah. You know the best.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's a
3: great way to end it. I think so, Thank too. you
1: both. Thank you guys. Thanks. Thanks.
0: school season is here local mcdonald's owner operators are helping teachers prepare their classrooms with the supplies they need through their fundraiser fries for school supplies from august 22nd to 26th local mcdonald's restaurants will donate 10 percent of all a la carte fry sales back to local schools in our area stop by your neighborhood mcdonald's restaurant and purchase any size of fries to support your local school Last year, McDonald's Restaurants of Kansas City, St. Joseph, and Lawrence raised over $60,000 from the Fries for School Supplies fundraiser. Okay, what we're loving in Kansas City right now as we close this out. Sarah, what is yours at the moment?
3: So mine's a little bit of a drive, but totally worth it. Yaya's Alpaca Farm in Garden City, Missouri. Um is just if you want to bring a little joy to your day mm. or your week or your month, it is so <laughs> worth it. Yes, um, I wasn't expecting a lot, but oh my gosh, you can! It yaya is the farmer, and he owns alpacas and a few llamas. And you go, you can reserve your tickets online. It's ten dollars a person, um, and they have several times a day. I think all week and weekend Um, but you go and you get to sit there and listen to the story of alpacas learn all about alpacas Um, they come into the barn where you can like pet them in the barn Um, and then you get a bag of food and you go out into the pen and they just eat like just like the goats at Deanna Rose Um, (laughs) and it is fabulous the farmer is super quirky and you learn I mean it just made me so happy and then you get to come in and see kind of how they pro- they actually make stuff from the um,
0: – What
3: is it? Wool. Yeah, wool. wool. I know. I was going to say fur, but yeah. The hairy stuff on the back. <laughs> the hair on their body. <laughs> yeah. So they make um, things from that. And so you see how they like process it. So it's a really – you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, but they are just such lovely – animals so
0: you can do like a pack a picnic i've seen too oh yeah like they have special picnic. they have
3: special events too where you can learn how to do stuff with the yarn um bachelorette parties i mean christmas i know they like light yes. up the farm and it's like all so the- so worth it so oh i would gosh. highly recommend you do that before i mean they do it all year but it's a great like little half day trip that's awesome. Okay,
0: mine is we had the pleasure of checking out the planetarium at Union Station recently. Um, and it was so nice, especially on a hot day. Um, or if it's freezing outside, it'd be nice, just to have an indoor activity. Um, currently they have two shows, and you can just go to their website, um, which we'll link to. But the two shows at the moment are Destination Solar System, which is the one we saw, and it was super kid friendly and informative, and the kids just love just relaxing um, and watching. And then, um, the other one is the legend of the enchanted reef. So all under the sea and the tickets for that are, um, $8 general admission, or if you're a union station union station member, they're $4. Um, it's just something different to do. And you could go and just do that, or you could um, pair it with, um, science city or anything else down in that down in that area we did we went and saw the trains in the back of union station while we were waiting for the show to start and then walked down um and then that was it so highly recommend just something kind of different and educational and relaxing sit in the dark it's delightful so all right that's all we got all right see you next time see you next time Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell
2: us how you're doing. We are here for you. You
0: can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.